So, hello and welcome back to the next episode of the Self-Development with Tactics fucking podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just see now that there are actually some glitches in the video. I hope it's not it's not pretty much disturbing you and or your mood or whatever. I hope you're just so fucking pumped as I am. <laughs> um, it is such a nice weather and it's such a nice day and I'm, I'm feeling incredible. Yeah, um, just before... I actually wanted to go through another book. It was the $100 startup. Um, but I was like, hmm, I don't know. You know, it, it sounded for me like, okay, I have been going through this one already, but I, I don't know. I actually should make a list of what books I've actually been discussing. This would be actually a good one. Maybe I'll start. Maybe I'll start, but it should be digital because then I would just lose it if not. But, but yeah, um, as you can see in the background or not, if you're in the podcast and, um, yeah, actually thank you. Um, if you're just listening to the podcast, I've seen that some people are actually now listening to them. I don't know who. So, um, yeah. So if you're right now listening to my podcast, please DM me on, on Instagram or on Facebook or on Twitter or Tumblr actually also. Um, yeah, I would be fucking interested in it and in you. So just, yeah, text me because there's also or only just some kind of one view or one play on every single episode. Uh, but yeah, but because I always forget it, I'm Christopher Wolk. Um, I'm an 18-year-old graphic design student from Austria and I'm pretty fucking pumped to go through <laughs> through this book summary with you. And I'm also pretty much interested in marketing and getting the best out of life, being healthy, um, yeah, quite a lot of things actually. And and yeah, I'm also thriving for having my own business and my own thing so that I can just live with um, just providing things for other people, providing some value for other people and just, you know, being financially, financially um, in a good place, uh, emotionally also, because I think having my own business will make me more happy than working for somebody else. It always depends on, you know, what people I'm working with. Um, but yeah, because I, I really love people, actually. This is uh, one of the things that I quite recognized in the past five years or four years um, that I'm actually attending this graphic design school that I, that I am that I am attending quite right now. Um, and a lot of people hate it. You know, a lot of people are like, you know, I don't want to go to school. And I don't know if it's a thing because of, you know, being a teenager or being just an adult or near adult that a lot of people just don't like to go to school. Or um, if it's really about the school, because yeah, we actually do have a lot of school. We, you know, you know, I'm in a school for 40 hours a week, which is yeah, not quite 40 hours. So quite uh, so 40 school hours, which is actually 50 minutes. Uh, it's pretty a lot, and it's pretty a lot to do as well. So, so yeah, um, and I still and I still just think about it like okay, I you know, still have the time for doing all the podcast episodes and doing the posts and, you know, doing everything that I'm doing quite right now, which is totally a good sign for me because this just, um, yeah, shows me that I would be actually able to do this, you know, while I'm working or besides I'm working, you know, if I'm then in the real economy, which I'm, uh, yeah, which I hopefully will be uh, the next year, actually, because next year I will be graduating and I think afterwards I just really just immediately immediately start to to work there or to work because i think being a practitioner and being just uh, an executioner is the best thing to learn new things because um, i think if you're just doing things you probably just 
yeah, there will just be other problems than if you're just learning about the things. And I'm like, okay, um, yeah, I don't want to study anything, you know, right now. And I just want to see where I can work, you know, for what people I can work, uh, for whom I can work, actually. <laughs> um, because I would actually pretty much like to work for somebody that I deeply admire and somebody that I know that I can le learn something from. So I'm not pretty willing to go to the next fucking stupid stupid agency to work for them because, yeah, I just, you know, want to raise the bar for myself in, even though I would have to work for them for free. But, um, yeah, that's that's totally fine, I think, you know. Then I would just have three jobs. <laughs> so my side hustle, so the podcast, then the actual agency or the, the person I'm working for, And um, the side hustle that's, <laughs> that's hopefully giving me a little bit money to even exist would be even a good, a good plan. It's just a lot to do. And if I get ill, I'm totally fucked, I think. But but yeah, I think this this would be quite a good idea. I've I've taken the idea from Gary Vee, actually. But I think it's great, you know. Uh, you just learn a lot of things, you get the money, and you just work with someone you know that um, yeah, he or she can learn you a lot of things, which is definitely a good thing but yeah um as you can see in the background we will discuss leaders eat last by simon sinek and this is actually a book that was uh, recommended by paul miners i'm on the paulminers.com website right now um at the end of another book summary that i've been reading or going through just lately uh or recently lately uh, recently um and yeah i'm just pretty interested in simon sinek himself Uh, because I think yeah he's just a pretty good guy and he has just a really great he has a really great worldview in terms of having a company having a good culture in the company being nice to the people and just providing value for the people and it's not about you know having a business because of having a business but having a business because of just you know giving value to other people and helping them making the life even better than it is right now which is definitely something that I stand for as well because I quite think like, yeah, I'm, I don't want to do something for my life long that's just, yeah, generating money for me, but it's not giving anything back to somebody else. I think this uh, would just, I don't know, would just drown me some sort of. But yeah, I will go on with uh, Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. So Eat, Leaders Eat Last is a fantastic read all about how leaders can create organizations and cultures that allow workers to go home at the end of the day feeling fulfilled by the work they that they do. And this is actually something I as well find pretty fucking good because, yeah, you know, you just want to take care of, of employees. You want to let them feel very, very good so that they can, you know, work properly and are happy to go to, to your company and work for you. Um, by creating an environment built on trust, teams will pull together again and again to help the tribe not just survive, but to flourish. If you enjoyed the summary, I highly recommend you read the complete Leaders Eat Last book. Actually, Simon Sinek, net worth. Um, pretty interested in it all the time because I'm just um, not willing to just read something from someone who actually achieved nothing in his own life and is just, you know, creating money through writing books about money, which is totally something you should uh, you should look for as well. So he has, I have actually looked him up before, uh, 15 million as a net worth, which is, so it, but it was 2015, so it actually might be a little bit more now. So it's it's quite a lot, yeah. 
I want to not dismiss this, but you know, it's something relative as well. So um, yeah, if you just compare it to Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos, it's it's quite nothing. Um, but yeah. So who is this book for? Leaders at Last is ideal for anyone who leads, whether it be a small team, an entire organization, a community or a family. As a leader, it's important to create a culture that leaves everyone happy and fulfilled. And this is exactly what Simon describes. Simon emphasizes that when an environment is built on trust, teams will work together, have each other's back and survive and thrive. Definitely, you know, if you just have a team where everybody is just friends and everybody likes each other and you know everything is good and the whole framework around it is also just you know making the employees or just the team happy and fulfilled and all these things they will definitely thrive for just doing more and helping each other and being like okay um yeah not pretty much looking at themselves all the fucking time about the author uh, following on from simon sinek's success start with why Success, successful, sorry, successful start with why, which is actually a book that I've been discussing on this channel as well. Uh, Simon continues on with his goal of inspiring leaders and organizations to inspire others. Simon believes in a world where everyone is fulfilled by their work, that they know their that they know their why, and are constantly doing things that inspire them. Simon is a trained ethnographer, and his book. Books draw upon real-life experiences and examples to identify a naturally occurring pattern, a way of thinking, acting, and communicating that gives some leaders the ability to inspire those around them. In the summary, uh, to begin the summary, we will cover our basic need for protection and security in working environments. Then we'll dive into a few scientific facts to back this up. Then we will discuss why uh, we are in our current state and how we got to this point before moving on to discussing Simon abstracting challenge. Next, we will summarize Simon's leadership lessons before a brief look at our currently society. And finally, we will be examining, 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 whatever, what Simon thinks is, what Sim Simon thinks it takes to be a good leader. And um, I'm now a little bit feared, to be honest, because... Uh, I don't know if I've been going through this book already. I've just seen, you know, besides the whole, behold, uh, besides the whole thought, um, the the author of these summaries just uh, tends to use the same summaries or the same expressions um, pretty often, which is totally normal. And it, you know, if it saves time, I would definitely do it as well. Um, and therefore, I'm not always in terms of reading the the summary or you know for whom this book is. Um, it's always a little bit dangerous for me because I always think like, okay. This is something that I've read, but actually, I don't think that I've read Leaders Eat Last because I didn't know Simon's, Simon Sinek before that well, and therefore I'm like, no, no, I don't think so. I hope to not. I uh, hope everything, everything should be fine. And if yes, um, yeah, I just went through it two times, and this is also not that bad, I think. So to begin, this summary will cover our basic... Oh, I've read this one. So the book summary, basic needs. We need protection, definitely. Simon describes an environment where bonds are strong, where employees share the glory with others, success is celebrated, and everyone goes home at the end of the day feeling fulfilled by their work. And this has nothing to do with money earns or prices won. This environment that Simon describes is the result of readers that put the well-being of the employees first. And in response to this, the employees work hard, give everything they've got to the organization and support each other. And, you know, if it is a company that is working with clients or customers, they definitely just, you know, be more 
uh, kind of nice to the customers as well because you know if they uh, are treated well and if you know they are just in a good mood and they are fulfilled and so on I definitely think that they will just you know work a little bit nicer and just you know be a little bit nicer to the employees and not employees but but customers um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, if the employees feel that their leader protects them uh, this will be reflected in their work Simon considers an exceptional organization one where the leaders providing the protection and everyone else looks at looks out for each other they feel safe to push each other and take risk with big payoffs the key to making this work is <laughs> the key to making this work is empathy and the leaders have to lead the way Simon makes it clear that putting your employees first does not mean that that business will not thrive. These are the organizations that will continue to innovate and outperform the others. Yeah, because I think it's it's from the inside out, definitely. You know, if your company in the inside is working great and everything is okay and, you know, everybody feels great, I think, you know, the product and the outputs that this, this company is doing will actually be great as well, you know. It's, you know, it makes also sense that, you know, if the inside of the company is bad and nothing is working quite properly, especially, you know, the relation between the employees and, you know, everybody else, but the leader with the leader, um, because, yeah, the leader is leading the whole company and, you know, if he is just not, you're not able to do it, everything won't be that good. Uh, we are family or, yeah. Um, we are family. Being a leader is like being a parent and the company is like a, like a new family to join. One that will care for us like we are, we are their own. In sickness and in health. If we are successful, our people will take on our company's name as a sign of the family to which they are loyal. And I truly think that, you know, if people are just working for, let's say, Apple or Microsoft or, you know, other big giants, they definitely will be proud of that, you know, they will definitely say, yeah, I'm working for Apple and I'm the CMO of Apple and they will definitely be like, wow, this is something like prestige and, and yeah, but I think this is only, you know, the way if, if, or only the case if um, credits, you know, first of all, a good company or just a well company in terms of economics um, but also if the company is treating the people right and everything is quite good, I think. So being a leader is... So, uh, where is it? So being a leader is like being a parent and the company is like a new family to join. Yeah, we need to belong. Simon talks about a circle of safety. And this works to reduce fears and threats to everyone inside the circle. It means that employees feel safe and secure. They can therefore focus their time on sizing opportunities and helping the business to thrive. Yeah, um, I think this should be the case, actually. You know, the employee should totally be on the focus of just, you know, working and, you know, doing the stuff and being happy with working and not just thinking about, like, I don't know, just certain things that only... Um, have something sorry have something to do with the company in terms of yeah uh, I hope my my boss isn't mean to me because I just uh, can't work today because my child is ill or you know some some things like this you know if they can fully concentrate on working and being fulfilled and so on they will definitely work and have a great time at your company 
Um, it is easy to know when we are in a circle of safety because we can feel it. We feel valued by our colleagues and we feel cared by our superiors. We become absolutely confident that the leaders of the organization and all those with whom we work are there for us and, we, and will do what they can to help us succeed. Uh, regrettably, Simon knows that unfortunately, this is not the norm. The norm is for companies to see profits and margins as the utmost importance. They fail to prioritize employees', employees needs and happiness. This is where leaders and organizations are failing. Simon really pushes the message that our ability to perform depends entirely on how we feel. And it's definitely the truth. And it's definitely you definitely something that you've experienced as well you know if you're feeling bad and if you're feeling just you know not good in terms of your your um, you know psychological or mental health or you're not feeling good in terms of your physical health you definitely won't be working as much or as productive as if you are just at your top level of you know health quite or of feeling good and if you just think like yeah your boss is just a piece of shit and he doesn't care about you and you know nobody needs you anyways in this company then you definitely won't be as as uh, hard working as if it was the total opportunity or uh, opposite sorry um yeah um Simon really pushes the measure that I'm a bit of a little Uh, how safe and secure we feel in an organization and if we feel uh, well looked after. The key is to empower your employees and em and enable them to work to their full potential. And it's science, biology. Simon explains that it's in our nature to understand and take advantage of initiatives. Our bodies work hard to provide feel-good chemicals that are used as a reward for working hard. Looking after others, surviving and ultimately thriving – Just as a boss may provide a bonus for reaching a milestone, your body responds to successes with these feel-good chemicals. Biologically, serotonin is an ex ex uh, oxy oxytoxin that acts as an incent incentive to encourage us to build trust and loyalty and work well with others. Serotonin encourages social connections and cooperation, resulting cooperation resulting in better work and survival. Definitely, and this makes sense, you know, you know, uh, I don't know, 10 million years ago, or just, you know, <laughs> let's go back to the first human being, they all had to just look after each and another, because we all would die, or would have died instead, you know, if nature didn't put something in us, or God, or whatever you're believing in, didn't put something in us that just, um, yeah, makes us look after each and another, and makes us feel kind of um, willing to help others, or just really bad if we don't help others, we would all have died and we i wouldn't exist because you know these people wouldn't have helped each other and they all would have died because there were so much fucking predators there were fucking tigers everywhere yeah not like everywhere but there were you know way many animals and were way many other um other fucking creatures that you know could have killed you you know and especially if you're alone and you know or maybe you and your family alone because um yeah you know This makes sense. You you would have died, you know, if if nature wasn't like, yeah, we all have to just, you know, help each other. It's all about the chemicals. It goes way back, the basic human instinct to hunt, gather and ultimately achieve. The reason we have this instinct is the combination of both endorphins and dopamine. They make us feel good when we find something we are look we are looking for, build something we need or accomplish our goals. 
definitely. And these are the chemicals of progress. Simon explains that endorphins... Have I actually started the episode? Yes, I started. <laughs> so Simon explains that endorphins' job is to mask physical pain. More often than not activated when we are stressed or fearful, endorphins' job is to mask the pains with feelings of pleasure. Yeah, and I think this is actually a good uh, a good example. If you, um, yeah, if you just got hurt or if you just, you know, kind of... Uh, yeah, if you just hurt yourself or somebody else hurt you and this was such a quick moment and you were so, you know, in a shock, you know, position and you felt so shocked, you will definitely feel not the pain, you know, in this exact situation. You feel the fucking pain afterwards because you were so shocked and all these chemicals and or I don't know what what things they are. Um, but I think, you know, endorphins actually as well because adrenaline is, is this also an endorphin? I don't know. But nevertheless, uh, or anyways, actually, <laughs> I'm always just, you know, mixing these two words up. Um, anyways, you definitely don't feel anything, you know, if you just are under shock or you have so much adrenaline in your blood that, um, yeah, you won't feel the pain. This is definitely something you have experienced uh, on yourself as well. When combined with dopamine, that feeling of satisfaction you feel upon completing a task or reaching a milestone, it becomes clearly why these two chemicals work together well to encourage us to hunt, gather and achieve. Yeah, you know, I think they just make us willing to do something, you know. If we were like, yeah, you know, I don't give a fuck about everything, I don't care. Um, yeah, you know, why... Yeah, why wouldn't we? Why would we then exist if we are like, yeah, I don't care if I live or not. I don't care if I have enough. I don't know food or not. It's a little bit of a bad example because yeah, it's you know the feeling of being hungry and just you know the willingness to progress is definitely something different. But but yeah, maybe not fully. I don't know. Confidence, as Simon discusses, is something that we all need of boost of from we all need a boost of from time to time. We need to feel that we are respected and like. The feeling of pride comes from serotonin. Finally, Simon comes comes to perhaps the best chemical of all, oxytonic or oxytocin or oxytoxin. I think oxytoxin. Uh, or better known as friendship, love and trust. This chemical is released when in the presence of our closest friends or when we give and receive nice things. Oxytonin is what humans crave the most. Or oxytoxin, sorry. And bringing it back to the workplace. If we work in an environment in which leadership tells the truth, in which layoffs are not the default in hard times and in which incentive structures do not pit us against one and another, the result thanks to an increased level of oxytocin, is serotonin, is trust and cooperation. Simon emphasizes the role of leaders as the post-pivotal or pivotal. And they are the ones who need to make sacrifices to ensure that those working with and below them are looked after, respected and fulfilled. A leader builds trust by providing the time, energy and money if it comes to it. A leader maybe even need to provide the food of their own plate. When it matters, leaders choose to eat last. And now this the whole the whole book title makes sense. And it yeah, it makes sense, you know, the leader just has to eat what's you know, what's left quite, you know. And that's definitely the thing and um 
I know this is a funny thing, and this is the greatest thing about about them all. If you just you know read a lot of book summaries, if you're just really interested in other people and how they're working and what are the, what they are doing, and just being in this world of success and you know rich people and people who are thriving for for greatness, is that sometimes or you know really sometimes everything makes sense. And these are, you know, those moments that, that really let me feel so amazing. And, you know, it's such a moment right now. Um, I'll explain it. Gary Vee is always talking about, yeah, as an uh, as an leader or CEO, you're always working for the people. And the people aren't working for you. And I was always like, okay, yeah, I, I quite understand it, but I don't fully understand it. And But now it makes sense. Because, you know, to provide the food and to provide everything else, you have to work. You know, you totally have to work to just, you know, you know, in terms of food, buy food and, you know, go to the supermarket and you just need money for that. And for this money, you have to work. And yeah, maybe, or sometimes you do actually have to give your food to other people and let them eat your things. So as he said, uh, if... Uh, if it comes to it, a leader maybe even need to provide the food off their own plate. And this is actually what Gary, Gary uh, V meant, you know. Sometimes you just, or you just have to work for your employees because you sometimes just have to give them your food and you're just providing them with certain things and for those certain things you have to work. Have courage. Simon identifies courage as one of the most important characteristics of a leader. As a leader, you need to represent yourself as someone who is courageous courageous, sorry, and can provide protection to those working below you. In return, workers will feel trusted, they will feel like they have space, freedom and ability to work harder and innovate on new ideas, take risks and know that they will be backed up by their leaders. Yeah, and this is also the thing that Gary is always just, you know, emphasizing that he's the last, uh, the last line of defense. You know, he's the last one. Uh, it's, you know, it's kind of sounds like, yeah, everything comes up to him quite at the end. And um, yeah, this is just it because everybody's just working for him and he just has to back everyone up quite. You know, maybe there are some steps in between just the... The, the internship guy and Gary, so the CEO and the internship guy, and there will definitely be some other employees in between, but um, at the end, yeah, he is just the last line of defense. Simon explains... Um, no? Simon emphasizes that the result is always better work. Simon explains that if the leader is not courageous and the employees do not feel protected, they will be more likely to not innovate in fear of doing something wrong or breaking a rule. They will simply come to work, do what's necessary of them and nothing more. And this creates unhappy employees, definitely. If they're not creating something themselves, if there is no creativity involved because they just, you know, basically do as they just pointed out before, they just do what's necessary. And yeah, I think you just experience it yourself if you're just, you know, doing the same shit over again, which, you know, told you somebody and you do not have any room for creativity or any room for just kind of progressing in terms of, um, the companies letting the company progress or progress in terms of yourself even and your personality and your your human <laughs> your human being and then you definitely feel bad you know if you just yeah are unhappy at work 
how did you, how did we get here? Bloom the boomers, whatever this means. Blame <laughs> bloom, <laughs> blame the boomers. It's blame the bloom, blame. Simon explains that due to the sheer numbers that the baby boomer generation has essentially essentially remodeled society. Uh, they are in charge and have been leading the way for quite some time. This came into full effect in the ni- 1980s and the 1990s. And due to this outnumbering, society is feeling the effects of an imbalance. Imbalance, as history has proven over and over, will self-correct suddenly and aggressively unless we are smart enough to correct it ourselves slowly and methodic. One moment, please. Methodically. Yeah, got it. (laughs) It's the desire for instant gratification and the state of our organization that lack strength, trust and loyalty loyalty that means that our leaders may not be up to the job. They are not confident or patient enough to to pave the path needed. Simon points out that people are no longer just people but perceived as anything from customers, employees or shareholders to an email address or expenses to be tracked. We live in a virtual world and this as an abstraction means that not only our economy will suffer but our state of being our happiness and happiness if you have you know been with me for a longer time than just you know a few days or maybe now or quite right now and um, you definitely know that i'm just really into being happy and happiness uh, or you know i just see happiness as a really important thing which is which is yeah which it is because um, without happiness i think nothing else is good you know if you aren't happy your health won't be as good i think and yeah you know Everything but happiness is a byproduct for happiness. And this for me makes sense because, you know, if you're happy and you're working and, yeah, you know, okay, the work, you know, just makes it, maybe it's not the work that makes you happy, but you're just still happy. And therefore the work is good as well. And, you know, if you're happy, your health will be well as uh, well, well as well. (laughs) Um, Because, yeah, why not? Or at least you feel better about your health being not that good than if you weren't happy. But um, at the end, I think you also just uh, recover better if you're happy. You know, this is something I can can deeply feel and I just some kind of experience myself, I think. You know, um, you know, quite all the time when I'm just not feeling good physically or I'm just ill and, you know, having some, I don't know, infects or some shit like that. And I hope this will be not the, the thing for, for the next few years because... You know, I hate being unhealthy or hate being ill because I feel mentally ill then as well. You know, this is just affecting my shite, my, <laughs> sorry, just put up, put in some German words because often this is actually a point and I do, I do hope that I'm not losing the other point. Um, I'm quite mixing up German and, and English quite often and often it feels like, you know, I want to say a German word and then I say something English because... Yeah, I think my brain is just now in a state of yeah deciding what's the real language I should be speaking or not. <laughs> um, yeah, and definitely today talking is really great and it just runs really great and everything is f- smoothly and fluently, which is definitely a good thing. But I just lost the fucking point. Got ah, uh, what was it? <laughs> um. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, you know, every time if I'm feeling just, you know, physically unhealthy or physically ill or physically not good, I always tend to be 
mentally ill or mentally not feeling good as well because I don't know maybe it's because only just my my body isn't working as it should be and therefore I'm just you know unhappy or whatever or I'm not quite able to do the things that I like to do which is definitely going around and definitely just making the podcast and definitely just being sporty and then doing sports and so on but yeah um so virtual world and abstractions simon defines abstraction as something that extends beyond physical space to include the nature of numbers the bigger our companies get the more physically the more physically distance is created between us and the people who work for us or buy our products at such at such scale we can no longer just walk into the easels what are easels or aceless and count the cans of soup on the shelf either. And now we rely on documents that report the numbers what we have sold and how we have made and how we have made. And how much we have made, sorry. And this is definitely the truth. And I quite feel like, okay, um yeah, if you do just have a large company, it's nothing that personal anymore. Um you know you can definitely feel it with Apple, I think, you know, in the really early days where everybody was just going to the garage of of Steve and um the other guy which is something with w uh, i maybe i can i can't just pronounce it i don't know it's bathlovsk this is something like this no i'm not i'm not i'm not looking it up um but i think this was definitely just really personal if you just go to them and get your first kind of computer or whatever it was and then it is now you know now you just go into a store and you just buy something from someone and this definitely you know does nothing have to do with you know steve jobs obviously but not with you know the really head of the company or something or the really company itself i think you know it's just okay it's 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 only a brand and you're buying a piece of of this company but but yeah never mind um simon concerns are confronting he points out that this abstraction of reality and the separation from other human means that we as a result become less human our behaviors can be considered more and more inhuman and we end up doing more harm to others than good the picture the picture he paints is not pleasant um yeah manage the abstraction simon has come up with five rules to help manage the emerging abstraction uh, to try to keep people real and accountable. The first one is keep it real. Yeah, no, keep it real. You know the, the Eminem song? I think definitely you know that. Um, keep it real, bring people together. It's so important to have human interaction in real life, not behind the screen. This is where trust is built and empathy and we... This is where trust is built and empathy and we... Uh, and how we learn to... in how we learn to innovate yeah um you know this kind of paragraph above where he was just talking about the abstraction itself and um why it is not something that is is pleasant um i i thought like okay is this now just you know correlated to a company or in terms of company or really in terms of you know real society or the whole society but i think it just means just people in general and i do think that um real life human interactions are pretty important Therefore, uh, I'm quite hoping that I some, some, uh, somewhere or or at some point of time or at some some point in my life I do have to do or not do have to do, but I do a job where I do just have to really interact with other human beings, if it is actually calling them or just talking to them or whatever, because this is something that I lack in. You know, this is something that I 
quite not like to do, kinda. And I often like, okay, I don't, you know, want to talk to to other humans sometimes, you know, especially at the weekends where I'm just, you know, listening to my audiobooks and so on. And I, um, do just, um, yeah, prefer to, to 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 go around and you know, keep everything for myself. Um, some sort of, but you know, in school, I definitely like all the human beings that are there. This is so amazing. But, um, yeah, therefore I would like to have a job where I just you know call people. Or am I am forced to do because you know if I just now call someone or just, may I was even for, uh, thinking about being a virtual assistant for someone or just doing it or being in such a hotline where you just <laughs> talk to con- some consumers that might be, uh, yeah, confronting you with some fucked up shit. But, but yeah, maybe I'm even doing it. If I'm doing it, it will definitely let you, let you know. Rule number two is keep it manageable. Obey numbers number. What's Obey Dumbers? Is this a person? I don't know. Yeah, it's a person. Professor Dunbar established the concept that humans cannot maintain more than 150 close relationships. Anything beyond this will be affected and not receive the attention the relationship needs to thrive. Rule 2. Meet the people you help. Again, get beyond the computer stream screen and take the time to see the actual tangible results of of our time and effort in turn this will motivate us to push harder to do more and to be better definitely i think you know if you're having a company that's really giving value to somebody it's you know would be really great to just you know go to these certain people or this you know group of people and actually see for yourself and with your own eyes that you are doing something that's just great and that's helping people i think this will totally motivate you even more to just you know keep on doing what you're doing Rule number four, give them time and not just money. It's a common misconception that money is the only driver, but the reality is that a leader who offers their time and energy to those below them will cultivate a workplace with people who are more willing to give their time and energy in return. And the result is any is always going to be better work and better innovation. I think this is def- definitely true. You know, if you're just a really you know really the head of a big company just the really employees like you know internship people and you know the maybe you know the people that you know do not have a lot to do with you they will just really like to be just you know be just talking with you and i think just interactions like yeah how is everything doing if is is everything okay can i help you with something as a leader to to somebody you know um somebody you as a leader aren't pretty much working quite with you know like in a team or something you understand what i mean um i think this just can work or can just you know provide very very great value for these people rule number five be patient as always be fucking patient in the macro but be moving and acting in the micro be patient, the rule of seven days and seven years. Simon uses the rule to describe the trust process. He acknowledges that it will take longer than seven days to earn trust, but fewer than seven years. Okay. <laughs> there is no strict formula and everyone is different, but he emphasizes that it will take time and patience to build trust. And that's definitely true. And with this being said, and I unfortunately have to cut the episode, uh, which takes up quite a lot of time which is you know the factor part it's not about it's not about the work but it's about the time that i do have to put in in terms of you know rendering everything out and you know not not actually in terms of cutting it but in terms of you know waiting for for um yeah 
for, for the render time or until it finished rendering, which is definitely a thing that is taking a lot of time. And uh, most of all, I'm not quite able to do something besides it because, yeah, my fucking notebook would die if I would do this. <laughs> I, as always, wish you a lot of happiness, health, wealth, success. Um, I hope you're giving back something because giving back is is great. And as you can see, or as you know, you know by now, it is crucial. You know, without helping each other, we would have died, and we we wouldn't even exist. And you know, it you know as well lets you feel just incredibly. This is something that's yeah scientifically proven, and you know this is maybe also something that you've experienced yourself. So therefore, help others, even if it's on core or just answering somebody's question. You know could definitely be a good thing you know this is something that i remind myself on quite often at the moment because i feel like okay you know i want to help people and just you know putting out my thing and not not being yeah i'm being active but um i could be more active in terms of really helping people and therefore going to core and answering a few questions of people that you know might be pretty um yeah pretty important to them it's definitely a good thing and uh, legacy. I wish you are just always nice. I wish you are just, you know, always trying your best to to be good to other people and just, um, yeah, not to fuck with them because, yeah, don't you want to be remembered as someone who is just, you know, a great person, you know, great to be around with and, you know, sad that he isn't there anymore or she isn't there anymore. This is um, definitely something that I uh, that I want to have and I want to be and. Yeah, with that being said, <laughs> something so so philosophically or philosophical, with that being said, I wish you a wonderful, wonderful and wonderful day. So this is the self-development with tactics. Book.